another show of the sports reality how is everyone out there doing rike how are you doing oh great man i've lived to see another year celebrated a birthday last uh week friday that is great to hear yeah so i'm happy about that um other than that the week's been pretty good um nfl that's all i can say man i've been so hype about it and it's finally here it's finally started um other than that everything's good um, it's getting darker sooner, as you were saying uh-huh. before the show started. That's that's depressing to leave work, come to the studio, and it be dark. But you know, other than that, I'm pretty good. Family's good. How's what's going on with you? How was your weekend? Uh, it's been going good so far. Um, remember what we said last week about Wednesdays, which is Hump Day. Once you get over it, right? The rest of the week the is a lot brighter. That's true. And especially with the first. Well, not the first. But this is actually the second. Uh, Thursday night uh, NFL game that's coming up. Yep. Jets versus Patriots. Something to look forward to after work um, instead of just uh, regular old TV. Um, Eric, how are you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. How are you guys doing? We're Uh, good, we're good. How's the, um, did, did you, where'd you watch the games this weekend? Uh, I watched them over at my parents' house. I'll, 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 I'll have my two cents on on Redskins later. I'm sure. Oh, okay. Man. We we want to hear. We definitely what you have do. To say. We'll definitely get to you because we will be talking about them for at least three minutes. <laughs> Five. <laughs> I mean, me. I will be talking about them for at least yeah, three minutes solo. Rike. You probably will. I will be. Um. But, um oh. Go ahead. Go ahead. Cutting each other off. Yeah. Was I was just gonna. I was gonna real quick just get started. Go down with the rundown. Oh, you go ahead. You sure? Yeah. All right. <laughs> we got a lot on tap today. Of course, it was um, week one-ish for the for the NFL. So we're going to recap the scores, talk about the, the games that stood out to us, talk about the games that were a little bit closer to home. Um, Jeremy's Dallas Cowboys, my Washington Redskins. Um, we're going to take it down a notch in a CAA. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, and also talk about the U.S. Open. Um Talk about the men's and women's champions and a little bit about the matches. I was fortunate to be able to catch both of them. So I'll just give a, a little brief what I saw about that. Then we're going to move over to Major League Baseball. There's a couple things going on. Um, Nats on a, a four-game winning streak, so of course we're going to yes. mention that. Um, lest Bryce Harper strike us down for just talking about NFL. <laughs> <laughs> um, and for people that don't know, Bryce Harper was basically saying, 
uh, you got a whole bunch of time to watch the NFL. Can you just please, you know, don't forget about the Major League Baseball. So Bryce Harper, we will not forget about it today. Then we have a lot of questions for our infamous or famous Q&A session. Um, we got a lot of questions. We appreciate you guys showing support. Yes, We're we definitely going to get to all of those questions. A lot of interesting, good questions. And we'll definitely recognize, of course, the people that asked us those questions. So I'm ready to start. How about you? I'm ready to hit the road. Let's start with the NFL. So do you want to roll? <laughs> hit, the, <laughs> hit the road. So do you real quick want to go down the rundown um, of the scores? Yes. Starting last Thursday, the Broncos opened at home versus the defending champion Baltimore Ravens. And it was not very close. 49-27. All 49 points came from seven touchdown passes from Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Yes, definitely Man. uh, showed a lot of control. Um, on Is it that too soon day. to say he's going to Super Bowl? Mm, too soon. All right, too soon. Uh, on Sunday, the Miami Dolphins visited Cleveland Browns, and that game was also not very close. 23-10. Yes, it's only a 13-point difference. However, the game was not very close. Did you get to watch any of that, Rike? Yeah, I, I was watching Red Zone, so I touched on just about every game. Um, I saw a little bit of it. Red Zone's great. It, it is, man. It's, it is. It's I, perfect for like people with ADD, too. I almost think it's better than NFL Sunday Ticket. Now, yeah. I never had Sunday Ticket. I've had. I had it. But my mom got it like a couple years back. And I, I, and I mean, I liked it, but... Red Zone, I mean, really, Red Zone kind of keeps you, it's the pace. I like the pace of it. Yes. You're constantly tuning in when they're in the Red Zone, literally. So I like that. I um, the, I have Red Zone, and it's, it's fabulous. But let's move on because we can talk about how great Red Zone is. Uh, the Vikings played against the Detroit Lions, 34-24 Lions. Uh, very good game by Reggie Bush with 100-plus all-purpose yards and a touchdown. But one newsmaker in Dobkin Sue with an illegal low block, and he was fined a hundred ten thousand dollars. I'm sorry, a hundred thousand dollars, not a hundred and ten thousand. A hundred thousand dollars. We'll yep. definitely get into that later in the show. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts victorious over the Oakland Raiders. The game was very close until Andrew Luck got the game-winning scramble for an for a touchdown Terrell Pryor had a couple turnovers which ended up being the demise of the Oakland Raiders man I want to talk a little bit about that game the Kansas City Chiefs wasn't even close <laughs> um 28 to 2 the two came from a safety off of a block punt not much to really say except Jamal Charles definitely showed out and uh Alex Smith looked very comfortable Andy Reid's first game as the Kansas City Chief head coach 1 and 0 the New York Jets actually were victorious. Um, definitely did not go according to our predictions. Not we have all. them do going very. That was quite an interesting game too. It was surprisingly. Geno Smith, you know, he he did his thing. He calmed himself down within the game. He didn't start out calm and collective, but he kind of did what it took. He calmed yes. down, stayed poised. And shocked I was, me against my predictions because I thought he wasn't going to have a good uh, NFL opener. Yeah, I watched the Buccaneers' last drive where they scored, and then the Jets have the ball with not much time. I don't think they had any timeouts either. Nope. And they marched their way down the field, and Geno Smith scrambles to his right and is going out of bounds, 
and got tackled out of bounds, which is a 15-yard penalty, 15 yards up the field. They set up for a field, game-winning field goal, and they win at the buzzer, 18-17. Another good game in the NFC South. New Orleans Saints victorious over the Atlanta Falcons, 23-17. Key play in the fourth quarter, fourth and goal. Atlanta has the ball and cannot score a touchdown to take the lead. Um, and Sean Payton's first game back from his year-long suspension. The crowd was uh, extremely hyped, and the Saints are 1-0. The Pittsburgh Steelers, not looking too good, lost to the Man. Tennessee Titans. Not only did their game play not look well, they also lost some players marquise pouncey out for the entire season larry foot uh linebacker he's also injured i'm not sure if it's a season ender but he is also injured for some significant time ben roethlisberger did not look too good at, at the helm and also steven uh uh leron steven howling also hurt and done for the year uh, one team that we definitely said will make strides in the NFL, the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Chicago Bears. Cincinnati lost, came up short, 21-24. Did you see any of that game? Uh, briefly. I didn't see much of that flashing on the NFL red zone, um, and I didn't tune in. One key note. AJ Green is a monster. Oh, I saw his going saw up his against stats. Pat Tillman mm -hmm. and did his thing with two touchdowns, 100 plus receiving yards. I think he had nine receptions. One game that uh, was not very entertaining, and a lot of people thought it would be Seattle Seahawks 12-7 uh, over the Carolina Panthers. Right. Uh, we were talking about that a lot. And that game was very close, and Carolina could have took the lead late in the game, but D'Angelo Williams fumbled the ball in the red zone that was one big thing in uh, about this uh week one there's a lot of crazy fumbles yes a lot of fumbles a lot of just overall turnovers, turnovers. right right there were there were a lot of them and in the game that featured quite a few turnovers the pits i'm not about to say pittsburgh um <laughs> new england patriots over the bills 23 21 ej Manuel starting his first game of his rookie career um rookie season excuse me uh looked very good uh definitely was calm and collected uh but allowed too much time for the patriots to uh come down the field and get a game winning field goal at the gun another good game san francisco 49ers rematch versus the green bay packers of the divisional round last year and this game was very entertaining. A lot of back and forth play from both quarterbacks. Uh, defense, even though it was a high-scoring game, the defenses did look good from both teams. Uh, Green Bay definitely shut down the run game of the 49ers, but the 49ers with Colin Kaepernick and Anquan Bolden um, and also Vernon Davis with two touchdowns. Mm -hmm. Remember Vernon Davis? I do. Yeah, didn't do too well last year until no. the playoffs. Of course, I wouldn't draft him in my fantasy league, and he'll start the <laughs> season off strong. Yes, yeah, so the score, 34-28. Some controversy during the game. Clay Matthews tackled Colin Kaepernick outside. I mean, out beyond the sideline. It was uh, almost in the stands. Yes. And it was a melee. And there was some controversy 
with uh, flags being thrown against both teams. The That was third down. The 49ers were granted uh, a replay of third down. However, the rules says that since they were post-play penalties, it should just offset and the play counts. I thought that, but then I was like, well, maybe I just got the rules wrong. And about maybe 10, 15 minutes later on the TV, uh, Mike Pereira, um, head of the officials, definitely came on and said the officials made a mistake. And now a lot of people are jumping on the officials for that mistake. However, like I said, I watched 10 to 15 minutes go by and then they came out and said that it was a mistake. Also, um, head coach Mike McCarthy did not oppose that penalty either. It seemed like a lot of people did not know the rules. And then after the fact, once blamed the officials. But that was the little bit of controversy that happened during the game. Uh, 24, I'm sorry, 27-24 Rams over the Cardinals. The Sunday night game, my boys, the Dallas Cowboys, 36-31 over the Giants. Uh, quite sloppy. And, of course, people would say it was sloppy on the Giants' end. But I think it was also sloppy on the Cowboys' end also. Monday night, the Washington Redskins versus the Eagles. It was a shocker. Um, not only us two here in the studio, but a lot of people all over the country thought the Redskins had this game in hand. RG3's uh, first game back from knee surgery, but the Eagles and Chip Kelly's offense marched up and down the field at will. Eagles win 33-27. We'll definitely get into that right after this. And the last game, the uh, nightcap on Monday, the Chargers just don't know how to hold the lead on Monday night. Last year, they were up by 21 points against the Broncos, and they were up 21 points against the Texans on Monday, but the Texans came back and kicked a game-ending, game-winning field goal at the buzzer. And that are that is the recap of week one in the NFL. Uh, what game, Rike, stood out to you? Um, Stood out to me. Uh, I would say the most, I don't know, you mean by like, what's the most shocking game to me? No, just any game, not necessarily shocking, but just uh, that that was a very interesting to you. Um, I mean, of course I want to say my Redskins and well, you the, can go the ahead. Eagles. They, it didn't really, it, I mean, it it told me a lot of things and um, and I'm and I'm not too like heartbroken about the loss, but um, of course I'm gonna go with the Redskins Eagles game. Um, Chip Kelly, I never for a second thought. Yes, I thought we were gonna win, but I never thought that it was just in the bag. You know, I I like Chip Kelly as a coach, and with the personnel that he has, I knew he was going to be able to do damage with the running game. And so I never really and and I don't take anything for granted being a Redskins fan. Nothing's ever really in the bag. Um, however, the one thing that just the, the couple things that stood out to me in the first half. One thing is um, that I didn't understand about the Shanahan was if you planned on starting RG3 in the beginning of the season, he needed to at least get a couple of snaps in, in our last preseason game instead of just throwing him out, you know, first, you know, first time um, um, throw him out on our season opener. I thought that he needed to get some snaps. 
With that being said, a lot of his tackles, some that didn't have anything to do with his legs, sometimes he just got driven straight into the ground. He woke, got up a little slow. A lot of people were saying, oh, he's not 100% healthy. I agree 100% that he's not 100% healthy. But a lot of his slow movements and stuff, I think, was due to the hits that he took. One hit, he got driven straight into the ground, got up very slow. You look at the replays, his, his legs weren't touched at all in that hit. The wind is just knocked out of him. He yeah. wasn't getting hit like I, that I in practice. I know which one you're talking about. I mean, you're not getting hit like that in practice. So those are things, hits that he needed to take in his preseason games to kind of help him. But, um, again, I still stick with what I said. I don't think he needed to come back till season three. But as far I mean, as the first half, I mean, week three, yeah, week three. But as far as the first half of the game, um, there was a lot of what I what he's going to say, he wasn't rusty. But I would say there was a lot of rust, a lot of hesitation. You could see on a lot of his throws it wasn't natural. He wasn't planting his foot. Um, there was a lot of hesitation. Um, we we kind of we went with the running game, and then I guess off of Morris fumbled it. We kind of shied away from it in the second half. We started to, 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 to let RG3 throw the ball a little bit more. And then he started to get a little bit more comfortable. The throws started to look a little bit more in sync because in the fe- the first half, um, he had a lot of overthrows, a lot of throws behind behind um, the receivers. And he, he started this game with two, you know two interceptions. He ended the last year with five, I believe. And that's just like it's just crazy. He was kind of un- uh, it kind of he just kind of looked really rusty, really uncomfortable in the pocket. So um, the game stood out to me number one just because we started out really terrible. I mean terrible in the first half. The defense was definitely on the field way too long. I, I think they played. They didn't play too bad. I'm not blaming the game on the defense or the offense particularly. You know, lost as a team, but they were on the field way too long. Um, the Eagles were going no huddle like crazy. The defense yeah, needed average, breaks. Um, we pretty much had to start twenty having, seconds between plays. Right. We we pretty much had to start having some some dive men. You know. <laughs> just drop to the ground, cramp up and stuff, just to give ourselves a break. Now I don't like to discredit anyone. I don't like to think anyone. I mean, it's very. It was hot in that stadium. You very well could have been cramping up. But I do believe one of those were at least a little break from the no huddles. But the second half, I was. I'm excited going on for the season to, to the second half. He had a little 14 yard run. RG3 had, and, and it made me think. You know, it looked natural. Um, it was just a little scramble, and it wasn't like a, a run up the field, but he got 14 yards with it. So, I mean, the game stood out to me, one, because just I think it could have been planned a little bit better with the Shannon hands. I could, I think he could have been given a little bit better a chance to perform well had they given him some preseason action. But um, I'm optimistic. The second half looked better. Um, not as good as we could have looked, but it looked a lot better than the first half, and it was just good to see them make that turnaround in the game. That's all I'm saying. For now, what game stood out to you? Well, I think we're both going to talk about our favorite teams because I'm going to talk about the Dallas Cowboys versus the New York Giants. Very first play, Giants, um, Eli Manning throws an interception to D. Ware, DeMarcus Ware. And um, that was just the beginning of the nightmare for Eli Manning. Uh, The Giants had four turnovers, three interceptions from Eli, and two, f- um, one fumble from uh, running back David Wilson. Is that it? yes, David, David Wilson. Wilson. Yes, yes, I'm sorry. I was about to say Andre, uh, the other running back, but it was wrong. He's uh, he's injured until later in the season. Mm-hmm. Um, what stood out for me with this game? Uh, the Cowboys' uh, offense—they're also running somewhat of a no huddle, not as fast as the Chip Kelly Eagles' offense, but the Dallas Cowboys have a a no-huddle offense because uh, 
they're able to get the plays in a lot faster with uh, Jason Garrett not calling the plays, uh, with uh, Tony Romo calling the plays now from the huddle. Uh, the offense is definitely a lot faster. Um, one thing that I did not like. Oh, well, let's talk about what I did like about the 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 Giants. Uh, Victor Cruz was on yeah, fire. I'm a fan. Three touchdowns. And Hakeem Nix. Victor Cruz, Hakeem Nix, and Ruben Randall all had 100-plus uh, receiving yards, which is great for them. Not good for my Dallas Cowboys. Uh, now, part of the reason could be we were winning by so much in the second half in that Eli has to now just chuck the ball downfield. That could be it, but um, I remember how the last few seasons have gone for the Cowboys, and our secondary hasn't been very good. And so far, uh, it's not a guarantee that they're going to be good this year. Uh, what I did like about them, uh, the front seven, the front four, and the three linebackers definitely looked very good. Um, and I was happy with the outcome of the game, of course. Definitely could see improvements. And if our defense plays that way and and our and our offensive line played very well if they play how they played against the giants uh one of the better teams uh, i think they could they could make some noise this year let's move on to our top plays of the week in the nfl we have three plays uh that are quite entertaining and some of them are game changers in the games that they um that they happen in eric if you could just qr um, I was about to say replay our our highlights, man. I think that play set the tone for the game. The very first play, the Marks were intercepts the ball. And the Cowboys go on to score a field goal. NFL play number two. He led 15 seconds in, 7 to nothing. Philip Rivers to his first touchdown point. Picked off by Cushing. Cushing to the five. Touchdown, Houston. That is Brian Cushing, linebacker of the Houston Texans, back from a season-ending injury last season and with a game-tying touchdown for the Houston Texans. And our NFL play number three. That is Victor Cruz with a tough touchdown down the middle, knowing that he's going to get hit and clobbered. He catches the ball and has the presence of mind to reach over the goal line for a touchdown. This is good awareness. Very good awareness. Yes, it is. So those are our top plays of the week in the NFL. Let's move down a level. Did you, real quick, did you see that blitz from Troy Palomalu? Now that you're riding, reminded me, I, I could have put that up Did there. you see it? Yeah, I saw it. Like, it like everyone everyone wasn't moving. They expected, like, a flag to be thrown for something. Because mm -hmm. I was just looking, and I was just like, the announcers were kind of like, uh, I no. He timed, that was just perfect timing. Yeah, he timed I mean, it very he, well. Perfect timing. Went untouched. It was crazy. Let's move down a level to the NCAA 
college football week two has our as happened is in the books. Week three this this coming weekend. Uh, let's just state the top ten teams in the AP poll. Uh, at number ten, Florida State. At number nine, Georgia. At number eight, LSU. <laughs> at number seven, Louisville. Number six, Texas A&M. Number five, Stanford. Number four, Ohio State with one first-place vote. Number three, Clemson with one first-place vote. Number two, Oregon with also one first-place vote. And with 57 first-place votes. It's unanimous. The Alabama Crimson Tide. Roll Tide. Speaking about Alabama Crimson Tide, they have a big rematch versus the Texas A&M Aggies. Uh, Texas A&M was the last team and the only team to beat them in 2012. Johnny Manziel back from his Heisman winning campaign. Real quick, who will win this game and why? Uh, I got a couple cousins going to this game. Um, pretty excited. They were showing screenshots of their, their tickets on on Facebook. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, the 57 first place votes, Alabama, Crimson Tide. Uh, why am I going with them? Um, the, I think their defense is going to have a better game than Texas A&M's defense. And I'm going to say it's defense that's going to win the, this game. I think Alabama will also win solely for... Nick Saban, head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide. When it's rematches, he gets his team ready. Yeah, uh, when they lost hell. in <laughs> 2011 to LSU, mm-hmm. they're also one loss in the, um, in the in the season. In the national championship game, they blew them out 22-0, and it was a, an annihilation. I think... Um, even though this game's in College Station, Texas, mm-hmm. I think uh, Alabama will be ready. He will definitely get his team uh, ready and motivated to play. Uh, I think this will be a victory for Alabama Crimson Tide. I think it will be a close game. Mm-hmm. And I think Manziel actually would probably have a decent game. But I think a critical mistake by Manziel at near the end of the game will cause the Alabama Crimson Tide to win. Let's move on to tennis and the U.S. Open, which happened this, which ended, not happened, ended this weekend. Um, who was the women's champion? All right, I know who it is, but who was it, Rike? Um, U.S.'s um, one and only Serena Williams. Yes. Uh, she was victorious over um, Azarenka. I was watch flipping between that and the San Francisco Green Bay game, and I saw that Serena Williams looked like she was going to win in straight sets, but then Azarenka came back, had a tiebreaker, and won the tiebreaker, forcing the third set. And in the third set, Serena Williams mentally got into the game and and came out victorious. Who won on the men's side? Um, Rafael Nadal. And the re- and real quick about Serena, the one thing that she she kind of has um, is the the just that mental toughness to fight back that's one thing that i've always um admired about her just as an athlete to have the mental toughness to fight back um because tennis is, i mean tennis kid you could it could go one way or the other really quickly like really quickly you could lose 
one set be down two sets before you know it and even within the sets you can be down um you know one game one game and then it quickly just turned uh -huh. i mean like you could just be having a bad serving a bad serving in one set and then that just make the difference so her mental toughness um she you know just like you said i thought she was going to win in straight sets but she gets down or evens it out and then she's able to fight back so that's one big thing about her for the men's rafael rafael nadal won um it was uh it was it was after he he kind of handled the first set and um Djokovic was able to take the second set but after that it was just almost cruise control for Nadal in the last um, two sets. Now, you predicted. Who did you predict last Wednesday? Honestly, I thought Djokovic. I did also. I really thought Djokovic was going to win, and just because I think he plays better on on um, the the hard top surface. Uh -huh. So I, that's kind of why. And also Nadal had been having, um, you know, knee problems. And this is a very, a very uh, generous court for people with knee problems. Uh -huh. So I, that that little edge I put in the ball, you know, the, the hard top court also speeds the ball up. So with that, I gave the edge to Djokovic. But, you know, um, I guess I should have known. Rafa Nadal is actually my favorite player, too, currently right now. And I still gave Djokovic the edge just because of the conditions. But, um. Rafael Nadal, I keep stumbling on his name, was um, victorious. Yes, and though did you see any of it or any of the two? I did. I did not see the um, the the men's final because uh, Monday Night Football was on, and so I did yeah, not, I, I I did not watch that, that. This is how much I like these two tennis. I did not even see the first. Well, I take that back. I the first about the first three minutes of the game. I was late to watch because it, it was the second set by the time the kickoff. So I was just kind of into it, and I was just like, man, this is a good match. It was a really good match. Yes, yeah, so let's move on to our sports bloopers. Very entertaining segment in this show. Uh, Eric, if you could just cue our bloopers for us, please. A high, very short kick. And running in for the fair catch, the ball will bounce and be down. At the one yard line. And yes, that is a blooper. And unfortunately, Jacoby Jones was injured on that play. He looks like he's going to be out for a few weeks with a um, knee sprain. Look at that. His own teammate, the awareness, wasn't there. That's bad, man. That is bad. Mm. It's a blooper, but it's unfortunate, man. It is, it is. Especially that happened early in the game, and I feel like the the Ravens could have actually stayed with them if he was in the game. And instead, it's an interception that'll be run back by Trevathan for a pick six. They're saying touchback. Right yeah, look at this. Look at this. If he drops it. I don't really understand. He dropped he it almost two whole yards. I don't really understand. It's going to be a touchback. out of the back of the end zone. It is a touchback. Oh. I really don't understand how how this happens. Uh, you, you would swear. You don't, they didn't learn from Deshaun Jackson? Yeah. Didn't Deshaun Jackson do this twice? Yeah, he's done it twice. He did it once in college. Oh, man, that's bad. in the NFL. That's bad. Um, and those are bloopers. They did come from the same game, which was uh, <laughs> Thursday night's um, opener. Uh, Baltimore Ravens versus the Denver Broncos. Man. Let's move on to Major League Baseball. 
And you mentioned the Nets and their four-game winning streak. They yes, are yes. currently playing the Mets right now as we speak. And during this four-game winning streak, uh, they were without Bryce Harper. However, they did have Gio Gonzalez with a one-hitter on Monday. And I did see a portion of this. Um, and I, I, I need to see what the ratings say about this game. What did the rating? What were the ratings for this Nats game on Monday? Because this was on Monday when Gio mm-hmm. Gonzalez had that complete one get one hitter. Right. It was broken up in the seventh inning, and he still, even after the hit, was able to retire the rest of the batters. Um, Gio looked like he had not looked. He obviously had total control of that game, and not only that, the the um, Nationals' uh, batting has definitely improved the last couple games. Is there anything that stuck out to you about the Nationals during this four-game winning streak? Um, nothing. It was definitely a, a, a big game. Um, nothing really stuck out to me. I saw only bits and parts and saw highlights and looked at the stats. But um, I think it's I think it's been a good stretch for them. Um, I think it'll continue. Um, I'm always optimistic about the Nationals, uh, even in their slumps. But um, nothing really stuck out to me, but I think it's a, it's, it's a good stretch. They are five games behind Cincinnati Reds for the last wild card uh, spot for the playoffs. Cincinnati did lose last night. Um, they, I don't think they, they actually probably started playing already. So, uh, But let's just see. The Nationals are tied at zero in the fifth. Right now, and Cincinnati, um, did they even, did they play it? Maybe they played earlier, or they're playing later. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not seeing it at all. Oh, Cincinnati won today, earlier today, 6-0. So the Nats definitely have to win to keep pace with them. uh, Also, the Pittsburgh Pirates this week, last week, they um, clinched their first non-losing season. But this week, they clinched their first winning season with a win over the Texas Rangers. Yep. Um, Seven to five. First winning season since 1992. We went through this last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, last week when we spoke about this. But we're doing in 1992. <laughs> um, we'll just recap real quick. Um, the first Bush was president still. Yes. Um, and President Clinton was on his campaign trail. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in kindergarten. As was I. Yes. Um, and who was the best NBA team during that stretch? 92. This should be easy. Yeah. Chicago Bulls. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Jordan <laughs> no was brainer. still in his prime in the NBA. So, um,. Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, do you think they'll make some noise in the playoffs, Rike? Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to call Major League Baseball playoffs. Um, I really don't. Um, I think they might have reached their their peak for the season. Mm. Um, I don't know how well they would do, how the, well they'll do or they would do in the playoffs. Um, but, I mean, this is an accomplishment itself. Yes, it is. So It's um, 21 years in the making. Right. So um, I I don't know how they I don't think they would do too well in the playoffs, but um, yeah, this, I th- is, this is good enough to build off of and, and improve next year. I think they will because I think a lot of teams really 
are somewhat scared of of them. Their pitching is very good. Um, they have timely hitting. Andrew McCutcheon, who may be a candidate for MVP in the National League. Also, uh, um, Alvarez, their third baseman, who's just knocking balls out the park. And um, I think they're a team that no one really wants to see, especially in the first in the um, in the divisional round. Uh, no one really wants to see them. Yeah, their uh, hot streak could be kind of intimidating, I guess. Yes, yes, yes. Let's Incompetence is a lot of it too. Uh huh. Play shit off of adrenaline, and especially with the um, uh, Major League Baseball playoffs, uh, confidence goes a long way. Let's move to on to our sports memes. Very entertaining segment. I think this is the most entertaining. A lot of uh, hilarious and comical uh, features to I this. wish we could just pinpoint the one person who came up with memes. Uh, genius. It, just it, genius. Straight genius. They are. Eric, did you get to look at any of them yet? No, I haven't. Oh, so you'll you'll be surprised also when you see these memes. I know usually you go, you cheat and you uh you you go ahead and I know we'll randomly hear them chuckling <laughs> yeah, during the show. Like even maybe 20 minutes before we even talk about memes, he's already laughing. So um, let's show our meme meme number 1. Oh hi Tim Tebow. Yeah, we aren't hiring. <laughs> that is Ronald McDonald. <laughs> Oh, taking a man. call at McDonald's and saying, man, we're not hiring at McDonald's. It's kind of tough at McDonald's. You just can't. If if you're not a high school student and you're trying to work at McDonald's, you you kind of um, you kind of need a, a, a degree now to work there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, people that have degrees are trying to be managers of McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with being a manager, right, especially man. there. Let's move on to meme number two. Raiders leading scorer for the last seven seasons. That man. is Sebastian Janikowski, the kicker. Man, he's a good kicker. Oh, he's very good. I get him in fantasy every year. Absolutely. Every year. Sometimes I even have two kickers just because I have him, and then I just need somebody else first sometimes. Bye week. Yes, first bye week. That's about it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's Sebastian Janikowski leading scorer for the Oakland Raiders of the last seven seasons. Meme number three. Of course, number 24 <laughs> has the ball. Uh, I don't even know who that is. That's definitely I don't back either. in the um, uh, Minnesota uh, or Minneapolis Lakers era. I know at the end, number 99, that is George Mikan, very great center in the NBA. But number 24 of uh, the Lakers, of course, he has the ball. We might have to do some research to see who that is. Right. I'm trying to read the signature. Maybe it's Herman Schrader or Herm Schrader. Schreifer. Uh, or something like that. There's an audit. There's a signature right that. by him. But, of course, number 24 has the ball. Meme number four. Snitches get pitches. <laughs> That is um, Alex Rodriguez getting nailed by a pitch from, uh, I think it's Dempsey from the Boston Red Sox a few weeks ago. And like they said, snitches get stitches, snitches get pitches. You'll get hit. <laughs> then a brawl will break out. Meme number five. That moment you're playing Uno and a nigga make you draw four. When you had one card left. 
<laughs> Doesn't that make you upset, Rike? Yes. When's the last time you played Uno? I don't know. It's probably like maybe six months ago, something like that. Yeah, I think it was I maybe maybe six months ago I played Uno also. I I kind of just want to go get a deck of Uno cards now just to play. <laughs> Uno is the game. It is. It's kind of addicting. Yeah, and meme number six. This was the one I was trying to get last week for you. AT&T gets naming rights to Cowboy Stadium. Now my calls keep getting intercepted. <laughs> yeah, I remember this one. <laughs> and those are our memes. If you would like to send us memes that you would like to show on this radio show, you can send it to us at thesportsreality at gmail.com. You can also tweet that picture or meme or anything entertaining that you would like us to show at... Um, Sports Reality LV on Twitter. Let's move on to our topic of the week. There is one big sporting event that is happening this weekend, and it is not, even though football is big, but there is another big one. Mayweather, Mayweather versus Alvarez fight in Vegas this weekend at MGM Grand. Mayweather, of course, is undefeated. And is the defending champion of for many belts. There's lots of belts in uh, Major League um, <laughs> Major League Baseball in boxing, and Canelo Alvarez is also another undefeated uh, Mexican fighter. Who do you think will win, and why, Rike? Uh, this is this is probably my weakest point um, of sports. Um, I, I know about fighters. I know about fighting, but I, I cannot stand to watch it. I, it's just so hard for me to watch people just hitting each other in the face. And UFC fighters, I can't watch it. It's so gruesome. But from what I know about both of them, um, I know very little about Alvarez. But um, uh, I'm gonna go with. I'll just. I'm gonna go with Mayweather, just because I know more about him. I've seen him fight a couple times. I've never seen an. Alvarez fight. Um, I looked up a couple of YouTube clips of him just for the sake of this weekend so I can know what's going on in case I am caught watching the fight. But um, I'm going to go with Mayweather. No reason in particular, just because I know him. I think Mayweather will also win uh, because of experience. Okay. Can Canelo Alvarez has fought quite a few pay-per-view events. I have seen him fight uh, i think three times and he he actually did very well i think he knocked out uh two of the fighters that i that i saw um and he's very good very young uh he's a very quick fighter also um he has a combination of speed and power um mayweather has of course the ultimate speed in the in um his weight division the uh, middleweight um, sometimes it depends on the weight class. I'm not sure what weight, which weight class they're fighting in, but um, he um, Alvarez is very good. But I think Mayweather will come out victorious just because um, Alvarez hasn't been the main event for a lot of paper. He hasn't been the main event for a pay per view event. Okay. So he's been an undercard. I think the uh, pressure may get to him. However, um, if if his nerves do not get to him within the first two, three rounds, I think the fight can go 12, but it won't be the usual snoozer Mayweather 12 rounds. Mm -hmm. It might actually be a very entertaining 12 rounds. I think Alvarez can definitely get to him and can definitely um, cut him because uh, Mayweather does not get cut mm -hmm. at all. 
When he got cut versus uh, Cotto, that was a shocker. Everyone's like, oh, my gosh, he's bleeding. Cotto got to him for one or two rounds. But I think Alvarez, this, I think Alvarez could, could lose maybe 10 rounds. But if Alvarez is on his game, Alvarez can, can win five and maybe maybe six to make it be a, a draw or or, or um, split decision when it comes down to the judges. Okay. Um, so, yes, I say Mayweather will definitely uh, – I predict Mayweather will win, but I won't be surprised if Alvarez comes out with a draw or a win. I will not be surprised. So you think um, Alvarez's inexperience is going to have a part to play early on or the entire – I think early on. Early on. But okay. if it doesn't – It'll be a good it, fight. It'll be a very good fight. Okay. It'll be a very good fight. Let's move on to our Q&A session. We haven't had one in a few weeks, and we're thankful for having a lot of questions sent to us. Uh, and we're going to answer. We're going to ask. I'm just all tongue-tied. Answer <laughs> I'm just all tongue-tied today. I don't know why. We're going to answer all the questions for our Q&A session. Rike, would you like to answer our first question sure our first question let me scroll is from or would you like me to answer that oh wc boyer sorry for <laughs> um always oh, a supporter we appreciate your question his question is that's wc boyer 24 on twitter which result of week one in the NFL was most surprising to you? Um, I'm probably going to go with the the New York Jets um, beating the Tampa Bay mm. Buccaneers. And I'm going with that game just because, like I told you, I didn't think Gino would have a really good start. But um, he had a better NFL debut than I thought he did and was able to rally his team to the victory. So I'm going to go with that game, and that's why. I think uh, the Redskins-Eagles game was a shocker to me because I had no faith in the Eagles, just like a lot of people had no faith in the Eagles. Uh, everyone thought that their offense, because it wasn't really showed too much during the preseason, that they would not be able to be in sync in week one. But they definitely proved us all wrong by that high-tempo, high-powered offense. Uh, next question is from Based Jane. Based Jane. On Twitter, how does the signing of Brandon Jacobs affect the way the Giants will use David Wilson? That's a very good question. Brandon Jennings was re-signed by the, mm, I was about to say New England. I'm just not in it. I think I'm <laughs> hungry. I think that's what it is. You are. You did talk about it. I haven't eaten all day. <laughs> man, I need a snicker or something, man. <laughs> <laughs> man. But um, Why wait? Oh, man. But yes, uh, Brandon Jennings was re-signed by the New York Giants uh, to definitely fill a much-needed running back position with Brandon Jacobs there. I think it'll be the opposite of what it was back in the day. Brandon Jacobs was usually your first and second down back, and then they would put Ahmad Bradshaw in for third down. Powerhouse. But I feel like uh, Brandon Jacobs will probably be the third down back because he could definitely pick up the blocks. Uh, p uh, he could uh, pick up the linemen and chip block a lot more efficiently than David Wilson mm -hmm. can. And also, I feel like um, he can possibly uh, get the short yardage 
uh, plays like you just said. If it's like third and one or third and two, a lot better than David Wilson. David Wilson is more of a sh uh, he could be your speed back and he could stretch the field a lot better than Brandon Jacobs. But I feel like um, Brandon uh, David Wilson will definitely get playing time. He won't be in the doghouse like he was last season because last season he started out fumbling the ball against the Cowboys week one and his playing time dropped instantly. Right. I feel like with the injury to Andre Brown, they just can't drop him. Darrell Scott, with the inexperience, they just can't drop David Wilson. I feel like uh, he'll still get significant playing time, but uh, Brandon Jacobs will definitely be in the game during clutch play, cl clutch moments of the game. Um, I think um, I agree with you. I think um, I don't really think Brandon Wilson, I mean David Wilson, is going to get cut or, um, you know, benched like he was last season. But I also think Brandon Jacobs was acquired also for grooming purposes. Um, a, a very good veteran um, who could still play the game. Uh -huh. And they're obviously going to use. But I think um, not only is he going to be – whoa, that was freaky. My <laughs> just, like, caved in. Not only is he going to be used for um, – um, not only is he going to be used, but I think he's also going to be there for veteran purposes as well to help maybe groom David Wilson, you know, do some of that off-the-field stuff that the coaches, you know, when the coaches can't get through the players, things like that. But, um, yeah, I think David, this mic, I think David Wilson, you know, um, doesn't have anything to be too worried about. But, um, yeah. Our next uh, question. Or just real quick, I feel like um – Tom Coughlin can get to David Wilson. Uh, Tiki Barber had fumbling issues also until um, later in his career. So I feel like with that staff, they could probably get it in his head to hold the ball differently, uh, right. just protect the ball a lot better. You go right. on with our next question. Next question is from Alex the Great. Um, with the recent re-signing of Beasley, are you automatically giving the Miami Heat a shot at the three-peat. Um, without the signing of Beasley, I was giving them a shot at the three-peat. So with him, definitely. Um, he adds more depth to the bench, which is just, I mean, which is just makes them even more dangerous. And like I said with Greg Oden, whether he doesn't step foot on the court until the playoffs, he's a big factor. He's, he's going to be a big a big plus for the Miami Heat, and then Beasley is just an athletic scorer. Yes, that, that'll be coming off the bench. Who's a who's an NBA? In my opinion, is an NBA starter, and for them to have him coming off the bench um, just adds that much more power to them offensively. So, um, does he increase their chances at a three-peat? Um, I I think he does. Without them, I still gave them the edge for the three-peat, but. Um, I think he increases their chances, yes. What do you think? I would agree with you also. I already had them going for a three-peat, but mm. I think this signing with also the signing of Greg Oden, and they can still possibly make some more moves before right. training camp start. I mean, yeah, before their training camp starts. And they can definitely make some moves during the season. There may be some trades. There may be uh, a veteran that may be on the sideline. There is one veteran. Gilbert Arenas, who's definitely looking a lot healthier. Have, do you follow him on Instagram? No, but I do, you know, of course, you know, I read articles on him here and there because I'm interested. I liked him, so I keep up with him. I understand 
NBA caliber players all look great when they're working out. Right. But he's definitely looking a lot more mobile than he yes, has yes, been yes, the yes, last yes, couple agree. seasons, especially since that knee injury mm-hmm. and how uh, he never really got it totally healed. It looks like he he's getting the, the explosiveness back. Right, I agree. Um, so if you don't follow him, follow him on Instagram. I don't know. what It, it may be just be Gilbert Arenas on there. You might have to check, but he's definitely looking good in his workouts. He's working with uh, Pat the Rock mm-hmm. on his handling. Yes, and yes. when an I NBA player is working with, shout out to Pat the Rock. <laughs> I, I've I've talked to him here and there. Um, he's a good dude. Um, he works with a couple of NBA, WNBA, college, a lot of people, and I mean he's a good quality dude. And just shout out to him, Pat the Rock. Go look him up. Look his videos. He has a video with Gilbert Arenas. Uh-huh. Um, in ball handling and shooting. So definitely check him out. And Gilbert is already good with uh, the handling. But right. He's getting better. But but to stay on topic, I know we just went on a tangent. But, yes, I think Mike Beasley being signed by the Miami Heat definitely makes them a bigger favor, favorite to win the NBA Finals. Um, let's move on to our next question. Um, Latrice Johnson, Trice324 on Twitter. Do you think Geno Smith should start after his week one performance over Sanchez? And I assume she's asking for the rest of the season. Honestly, even after that game, he he had some mistakes, but he did at the end of the game get it done. I think the next few games will determine if he should stay the starting quarterback. If he stinks it up, tomorrow night and the following week and the following week and then mark sanchez is healthy you gotta at least put sanchez back in there especially when he shouldn't even got hurt in the first place he set him up for injury in that la- in that third preseason game right um i feel like he sh- sanchez if smith is um is really stinking it up should should start but if geno smith is playing decent then um, just like Drew Bledsoe was uh, never the same after getting injured, never really got too many starting opportunities. I think Mark Sanchez could be out of a job in New York by next season. Um, I think Geno Smith should start solely for and has nothing to do with his week one performance solely because of the circus that they have with quarterbacks, the uncertainty, them not, you know, they didn't publicize till late um, and, and pretty close to Sunday that he was going to be the starting quarterback. I mean, with what they have going on, they're really trying to get a quarterback, get a feel, find a quarterback. So for that reason in itself, and I mean, Mark Sanchez is hurt. I think he should have the starting position for a couple of games because they're still in the finding process. If he stinks it up the next three games – and then you said they should go back to Sanchez, but then, I mean, you're going to go back to Sanchez, who will probably stink it up for the next <laughs> three games. So it's really, I mean, it's kind of confusing. It's a, it's kind of the better of the worst type thing. <laughs> so I don't, I don't really know. Um, acquiring Gino, you're saying that you think, you know, you could have a future with him. You think that he can do something for your team. So I think you need to give him that chance, regardless if he stinks up the next three games. Or depending on how he stinks up the next three games. But um, to answer the question, yes, I do think he should um, have to start over Sanchez, even when Sanchez is healthy. Let's, um, Matthew on Twitter, Matt is neat, one of our good friends. 
uh, sent a plethora of questions. Let's uh, answer one of them. Um, and then we can go on real quick about some things, some housekeeping duties. Uh, let's go with what NFL team looked the worst. Hmm. Do you <laughs> want to start that off or do you want me to start um, it off? We can go ahead. Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, yeah, I said Jaguars. So we'll answer another one of his questions. And I don't think we need to say why either. <laughs> um, scale of 1 to 11, how bad did the skins look in the one first half? 11. And the second half. In the first half, 1 to 11, I would say about uh, how bad did they look? 1 being the worst or 11 being the worst? 11 being 11 the worst. 11 being the worst, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> 11, math, only Matthew. I would say how bad they looked, I would say about an 8. I would have to agree with you all. So. Second half, how bad did they look? I would say about uh, five, five or six, because they still didn't look comfortable to me. I would say... I'd say five. I would say four. I think four? they actually started playing better. It's just that the game was already out of reach almost. And um, by then... The and it really wasn't out of reach the way we came back. If we take away that safety and a missed field goal... Yeah, things could have changed. Ridiculous. Um, but I also think the Eagles also uh, took the pedal off. Absolutely. The, uh, Absolutely. Took their foot off the pedal and, and tried to milk it. I think that's something that the Eagles may struggle with, trying to milk the clock. Right. I feel and like it may mess up their chemistry in case a team does come back on them. Exactly, because if we were to come back full, you know, a little bit full force, had a little bit more power, a little more gas in the tank, was able to convert, convert a little bit more, them taking their you know, their foot off the pedal could have bit them. They could have lost the game because of that. All right. Uh, week two in the NFL is starting tomorrow night. What name one team, one game that is a must watch this weekend? Ah, whoever the 49ers are playing. It was, oh, the Seahawks. I, I, oh. I'm, I'm interested to see that. I think it's the 49ers and the Seahawks. Big game for that I would that I would want to see. Yes, uh, that is one. I definitely want to see the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Cincinnati Bengals Monday Ooh, night. Ooh, that is a good one. Uh, things could definitely go haywire in that division uh, with either team. That's They're both 0-1. Mm -hmm. Whoever starts 0-2 is going to have a hard chance to come back. Teams that start 0-2 usually don't. They're, I think it's 0-2. Uh, I think they only make the playoffs like 20-something percent of the time. Um, Thank you again. Shout out to everyone that um, participated with our Q&A. Those are some very good questions. Sorry we didn't get to answer all of them, but we got we, to everyone that asked a yes, question. Yes, we yes. answered at least one of your questions, so we appreciate you guys. Um, next week, we're going to bring it back, hopefully, week two, the NFL, um, some more Major League Baseball. Ask any question, any sports-related question. Um, definitely, we'll start that a little bit. Um, start from now to next week, and we'll definitely ask those questions next week. Um, real quick, our fantasy football league that we're in, uh, RNC. Oh, yes. Yes. Jeremy started fantasy football league. Um, I am 0-1. I lost to Josh this week by, like, 20 points. Yes, you did lose. Thanks to Alfred Morris. By, yes, by 24 to be exact. Thanks to Alfred Morris. I, I mean, I have nothing but love for you, Alfred Morris, by the way. But um, what if you're um, a, a decent perform, a better he scored. If he had a better performance, I would have been okay. You know who killed in the year for your team? Who killed me? No, who killed? Yeah, no, who killed on, my chances? Tom Brady. Oh well, no. Who? What I was about to say, the person who actually did good on your team. 
Demarius Thomas. Oh, yes. However, he went up against A.J. Green. Right. And in our league, we have um, we get, it's a PBR, so you get a point for each reception. Right. I put a point because I value receptions. If you caught the ball, you did a good job. Right. And uh, there's also bonuses for reaching uh, yardage plateaus. Um, Demarius Thomas got 52 points. I think he had two touchdowns. Yeah, he had yep. two touchdowns. Um, but um, A.J. Green had uh, also two touchdowns, and he had 61 points. Exactly. My team was victorious. Um, I went up against – I can't remember who I went up against. Oh, I went up against Luis Bordon. He's been a, been a guest on our show twice. He's in our league also. One person that definitely did work for me, LaShawn McCoy. Uh, Reggie Bush mm-hmm. and Deshaun Jackson did work. And I won by 25. I won by almost 60 points. And during the draft, Luis was talking nonstop. He to was. During the draft. Him and um And Juan. Juan. Shout out to Juan. Juan. We're definitely going to bring him on the show. <laughs> yeah. Um, I won by almost 60 points. And I had James Jones, who did not get a single catch yeah all game so my team is looking kind of good uh just real quick uh who you should start in your fantasy uh for your on your fantasy team this week you need to start and up hold on not prepared who you should start this week i think one person that you should start if you have him this is um, this is a disaster right now because I wasn't prepared. Oh, Antonio Gates because of the for the San uh, absolutely uh, not. San Diego Chargers absolutely start not. him. He would have a bomb game. Why um, are you saying this? Yes, you will. I'm, I'm Antonio you. Gates is the biggest disappointing tight end in the last couple of years ever. And how many fantasy points did he get this see- this past week for someone? It was probably two. It had to have been like two. <laughs> right. Antonio Gates. Uh, Antonio Gates. I have him. He got me. I, I didn't start never him. Never draft him again in fantasy ever. Again. Oh, he got me six point nine points. Two receptions for forty nine yards. Boo! Do not start him. <laughs> Boo! And a def- a team that you should not start. Surprisingly, Seattle Seahawks defense. Oh no! In special teams. Don't start them against the San Francisco Because I feel 49ers. like and forty ers I feel like both of those. Yeah. Defenses will You might want to pick up a defense real quick. Unless you have a league that gives you points for turnovers, for causing turnovers. Some leagues, you only get points for the score. And if, um, then if they score. Yeah, but if you're in a league that you get points for creating turnovers, then, yeah, you may actually want to have one of those. Um, want to thank everyone for listening and watching. Um, yes, we appreciate you guys. All everyone in the U.S., all around the world. Let's remember it's September 11th, and uh, let's remember those who have lost their lives during that terrible day 11, 12 years ago. Yes. It's been 12 years already. And let's remember those who decided to go into the armed forces to defend our country. Uh, let's uh, remember everything and reflect on what happened. And uh, Definitely much respect. Be vigilant. Yes. And let's uh, thank all, like I said, once again, thank all our viewers. Rike, where can we be reached? You can reach us on just about any social network, The Sports Reality LV, 
on Instagram. Um, definitely uh, follow us on Instagram. We're going to be posting a lot more pictures here in the studio and any sporting events that we go to. Also, you can send us an email of the memes, any type of bloopers, anything you think that should be on the show. Um, feedback, we'd love to hear from all of our viewers. Um, that's thesportsreality at gmail.com. You can just send us an email, um, keep in contact with you. Also on Twitter, sportsrealityLV. Yes. On Twitter. So definitely follow us on Twitter. Tweet us um, some questions for our uh, Q&A session next week. And just tweet us anything that you may see that's interesting and just keep in contact with us. We'd love to hear from you guys. And also our individual sports page, uh, our individual Twitter pages, you can also follow us on as well. Um, my Twitter handle is O underscore A-K-A-N-D-E. And I am J squared 021 J-S-Q-U-A-R-E-D 021. You can find both of us there on Twitter. And want to thank Eric for being such a great... Uh, Engineer, As producer, we appreciate doing this thing. And want to thank once again everyone who is watching and listening. And until next time, sports reality. Peace.